Okay, folks, Bismillah ar rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'ata wa sahla wa anta tajal al-hazna idha shi'ata sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Uh, folks, I hope you're doing okay. My apologies again for the... Um, let me just make sure that this is working. Um, I think it is. Someone confirm to me, please, boys and girls, that this is working, that I'm live, that it is, and that my beard's in place. It's taken off the mask, but I'm not sure. I'm on a very poor connection. Is my boy Harith Yani on point that the sound and that the 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 the, the, the thing and the, all the rest of it is good? All right, all right, good. Alhamdulillah. All right, folks. So today, madness, absolute madness. But uh, it is what it is. Qadarullah ma shafa'al. Haydun Suleiman, Haydun Hassan. It's good to hear you guys and see you guys. Um, I think the connection on the uh, phone will, uh, will be good, but I just don't know uh, yet. So the problem is, is that I am in one of the brothers' offices. I am actually in a, uh, a hospital, subhanAllah, I'm doing this from a hospital. My father's not well, I had to bring him in emergency, literally right like in the last one and a half hours or whatever. This is all going to happen in the flat and uh, everything. But unfortunately, he's not uh, great. And um, so I, I, you know, we're holding off, holding off, and then realize that no, he has to be brought in. So um, he's just been admitted uh, below, down below, and uh, you know they're looking after him great. And then I had a friend, Jazallah Khair. He said, "Listen, uh, so I, I said I need to. Uh, if this is all now uh, under control, then uh, you know I might as well. And he's going to be one or two hours while they do tests. So this is the perfect opportunity to carry on with the lesson in his office." So he's been very kind to allow me to use that. And that's why I'm next to this mega kickoff computer, which has got a fan going. Um, and um, that's why it's all a bit kind of, you know, haphazard. But alhamdulillah, I think there's still quality is good enough, inshallah. Ameen, Zakmullah Khair, Ruhi, and Sarah, and all of uh, you folks. Um, ameen, ameen, jami'an, for all of Marda, wa Marda al-Muslimin, all of our uh, ill folks. Um, so now what I wanted to start off with, okay, what I wanted to start off with is mashallah, some good news. So the good news is that, um, other than the buzzwans yani being online, which is good news. And then someone, a little birdie telling me that the buzzwans yani are on the way to Saudi, which made me very, very happy, mashallah. So big salams to the Buzzwans. Um, so uh, 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 the uh, good news is that the exam results are now we have been collated and they're in, and um, we have the uh, what's it called the um, uh, top marks. So this is the first time in a long time. I mean, you're obviously gonna have the usual suspects, yani mashaAllah that those that are uh, have been an ayah and a an example to follow and uh, like obviously Ruhi and 
Sharmin uh, and so on and so forth. But this is the first time that the UK has come top. And one of our guys, man. So big shout out and congratulations to Taymour. Taymour Khan, Q Shams, London. MashaAllah. Okay. No, you see, Ibrahim, you're a hater. Taymour has not come first before. And he came first. He came first, mashallah. Don't be hating, man. I've got mad love for Taymour, man. What a, what, a, what a legend. What a legend. And um, just so that you realize just how difficult it was, okay. Oh my goodness, Sharifa. So good to see you, man. It's been a long time from Malaysia. Oh my goodness. Anyway, it's always nice to see people. Dina, by the way, you did really well. Mashallah, you came sixth, okay. Which is really good, man. Really, really good. Just so that people understand just how difficult this exam was, okay? It was a, it was a tough uh, exam. And also, I just want to tell you guys that one of the reasons you re recognize that quality is more important than everything else is that Taymour is a person who's very rarely online, okay? Uh, uh, or he's watching online, I mean, but he is not commenting a lot and you wouldn't, you know, he's not one of the kind of names that come straight off when you think of you know, all the LP students. But this guy, he is on it. And that was something which I think that, you know, I really wanted to emphasize. You know, he does it with his missus and, you know, auntie maybe as well, his mom, yeah, and he's doing the odd, the odd here and there. Um, to, but anyway, Taymour smashed it. And his mark was 92%, which is the lowest top mark we've ever had in 10 years or nine years or whatever. And 92%, uh, he got it. Um, and we had uh, Sharmin, by the way, from Calgary, uh, obviously, and mashallah, she did amazing. She got 91%. She was the second. So only 1% out. And she does it with her family. I just want to maybe, uh, again, Sharmin is someone who is hours behind. So it's not just Canada five hours, but it's like seven hours or whatever. Okay. And, you know, a big shout out goes out to Mesa. You're always finding Mesa online, right? And it's tough, she has to rearrange her whole day to be online for the dars, right? So, you know, uh, it's not easy. Now, Sharmin is another classic example, someone who's seven hours behind with the work kind of day and everything, who is very, very rarely on the portal live. Very rare. I mean, I know Sharmin very well, okay? And I I'm always know when she's there or not there. Another one who does it with her family. All right, does it with her family. There's a there's a there's a, 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 a there's a pattern here that those people who take study seriously and they incorporate it as part of their normative life. So they do it with their family and they do it yani regularly and they catch up yani as a as a thing. Well, yani, I have a lot of respect, not just love. I have a lot of respect for people like that. Those people are the difference. Yani, I just want to you know give a shout out to that uh, to that kind of approach. Anyway, we've got some great results here. Now, in uh, uh, the breakdown, just so that you understand, now, if we were applying the UK exam system to this, okay, then basically everyone above 40% got like an A, right? You know, when all of the, when they do the grades and where they distribute it, right? And so if the grades, everyone's got 80s or 70s, 80s, then you've got to keep pushing the A higher. So the majority of the people were in the 40s. The majority in the 40s and the 30s. Okay? So um, if we look, 
the most common mark was between 43% and then there's a you know uh yeah 43 was the most common maybe 51 as well I can't count them all but anyway so basically I want to say that uh you know if Zakaria my boy who did his GCSEs or Yahya was here my boy who did his A levels okay and if they were here right now they'd be basically dishing A's out to everyone who got 40 and above they'll be giving B to everyone who got the 30s so there's a load of you folks and everyone who got over 50% it's A star it's A star so well done I'm being any polite and kind today you know what I mean I'm, I'm, you know what it is I'm just I'm sharing that kiddie love alright that Yahya Zakaria blagging of their exam results love that's what we're doing today alright let's start inshallah I hope everything is uh, clear and by the way I'm not just actually being nice it was a tough exam. It was not impossible, not very, very difficult. Otherwise, Taymour wouldn't be getting 92% and Shadmin wouldn't be getting 91% and a load of folks wouldn't be getting um, uh, uh, 80s. There's quite a few people in the 80s, right? So it was tough and fair, absolutely. And I am mellowing in old age. Alright, so let's... Um, start off with um let's go into the text last week obviously we did a overview and give everyone a picture of the story how it worked and you know that this is a sunnah of the prophet ﷺ, but yeah it was restarted again by omar and abu Bakr was just a bit too busy too little bit of time yeah i need to really do any kind of change or anything um so the story is is all there let's let's not repeat that okay i i don't i, I don't want to fall into that trap where I repeat myself, uh, uh, let's actually get book work done. So Sheikh Uthameen on page 48 of the uh, commentary, he says, um, uh, that this taraweeh is from the, uh, the, 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 the standing in worship during Ramadan and something which the Prophet um, uh, recommended and um, how many did we? Uh, uh, how many did he um, pray? And why is it called taraweeh? Sheikh Uthameen says he says it's called taraweeh because every, after every four rakaah he would take some kind of break. This is based upon the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha that he that when she was asked about the prayer of the Prophet she said that he would pray for. He would pray for units. Don't ask how beautiful they were or how long they were. Meaning they were so beautiful and they were so long. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, ثُمَّ يُصَلِّ أَرْبَعًا فَلَا تَسْعَلْ عَنْ حُسْنِهِنَّ وَطُولِهِنَّ ثُمَّ يُصَلِّ ثَلَاثًا Then he would pray for, don't ask about how beautiful they were and how, and how long they were. And then he would pray three. That's the hadith. Um, that hadith is narrated by Imam al-Bukhari Okay, I will give you the reference That hadith is narrated by Imam al-Bukhari in the book of Tahajjud Hadith number 1147 1147 It's also narrated by Imam Muslim as well 738 Now, this hadith we covered before, of course And um, the point to focus here is the word thumma And thumma Meaning then and then And the word then or thumma indicates a gap something happened and then it was followed by and that is the indirect indication 
that something was happening in between these two these two portions of four all right so that gap then we hear then from later kind of uh, this is page 48 in the sharh at the bottom um we then recognize that um everything is okay huh? okay i told you man there's no need for that huh? ECG, okay, okay, خلاص, 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 خلاص. Do you have to be there? Sure. خلاص, okay, okay. Bismillah. So, um, uh, where are we now? Um, uh, where was I? Yeah. So the the four four rakaah and four rakaah. The thumma indicates, as I said, that there is something that happens a little fossil. There's a there's a gap, okay. And then, if there's a gap, we now know we now need further information, and it's the information from the companions that we start to then get an idea that there was uh, it was used to relax. We don't have from the Prophet ﷺ any kind of statement which indicates what it was, but we learned that from the companions it was being used as a break. Sheikh Uthameen makes the point, he goes, one of the mistakes that some students uh, made was that they thought that because of this hadith of Aisha that the Prophet was praying fours. And by the way, you know, it's only really packs that have a concept, uh, um, you know, a really sticking rigidly to the concept of four nafil, right? Whether they do it as a sunnah prayer or just a concept. So whether it's, you know, this is obviously based upon the Hanafi school, one of the key opinions in the Hanafi school, one of the key positions, which obviously the Obandis and modern day Hanafis follow massively, is that four raka'ah before dhuhr or four raka'ah ghair mu'akkad not emphasized before asr or four raka'ah ghair mu'akkad not emphasized ghair muqada as we call it, before uh, isha prayer, etc. They are prayed as a unit of four, right? As a proper uh, four. Um, uh, uh, the other madhahib and the vast majority of scholars didn't do that now as I said um, it is quite possible to infer from the various kind of a hadith that, that the Prophet ﷺ did actually pray units of four like it could be an interpretation but it would not be a very strong interpretation um, so I just want you to know that it exists and this is the hadith which would, would support it because Aisha said he would pray for, right? Don't ask about how beautiful they are, how long they are. So you could think, oh, as Sheikh says, some students yani, thought that as well. And that's a mistake. They're confusing, they're confusing them, themselves because this hadith is a general hadith, an aam one, and you look at the specific ones which, which specify that. And we know that the Prophet um, uh, said that the night prayer is Mathna Mathna is prayed in units of two. We also um, have other ahadith in which the Prophet ﷺ was actually specifically said to have given salam after the two. So when you have the general and then you have the specific and you look like they contradict, you combine them and they reconcile very, very easily. They reconcile very, very smoothly, right? So you realize that, okay, so what is actually going on then? Why did Aisha then say that? Okay. Um, and I think I mentioned this last week that if the Prophet ﷺ wants to specify something, then he, then he will specify it. The Witr prayer, he did tell us that 
uh, or, or we haven't narrated and it was clearly observed that he prayed five and that he prayed seven and that he prayed one and that he prayed three. Whereas with the Taraweeh and the Qiyamul Layl, it has been left uh, also a little bit of specifics, but also been left open as well in terms of the maximum numbers. That's why prays in twos and in twos. Okay. And um, so a question might be asked, why did Aisha then say four? She said four because they were grouped into a four. So it's clear that the Prophet ﷺ would pray to Raka'ah and then basically stand immediately and then pray to Raka'ah. But then when he finished that second set of two, i.e. after four had been completed, he was not getting up immediately. It was a clearly an unnatural break, uh, uh, an enforced intervention. So he stopped and, and that's why she's divided it split it up almost right so um it's not that she's trying to say that he prayed a unit of four but he's she's grouping them as uh fours all right so that's the point to make now hadis asks so should that be replaced with two units of two well anyone who's following the hanafi school has a mujtahid scholar who uh, uh, you know imam, imam abu hanifa and the entire madhab which are comfortable with the idea of praying four sunnah with one Taslim with one salam, right? Like the packs of pray. And I just want to say that this is not as weak as you may think. And Sunnah and and um, uh, Nafal prayers are flexible anyway. And there's lots of narrations which would indicate that. And so I don't think a person needs to change their habit. But of course, the vast majority of scholars, and it's closer to the evidence, that every uh, prayer that is Nafal or Sunnah is done in units of two. And therefore, yes, it is better that people should replace their sunnah units or that they pray as a four into units of two. You get what I'm trying to say? Is that interpretation of the four based on the fact that he regularly prayed uh, eight? No, no, no. It's one of the additional uh, uh, points uh, of the four, um, uh, of the units of uh, uh, four. There are a number of evidences that would indicate the, the, the eight itself is not so important here. I'll tell you why. Because the I, the Prophet ﷺ has not spoken and made it very clear that the break itself has to happen in a certain place. Because we have hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas which says that the Prophet ﷺ prayed 10 raka'ah, for example. And we have the general hadith where he's praying twos and twos. So it was just the I, and again, this break in the prayer, as I said last week, is more from the latter generations that they formalized it from a Prophet one, it might have just been the natural time to him to take a rest. You get what I'm trying to say? Uh, is it true that the Salaf would practice this grouping by taking breaks after four nafal? Yes, I, uh, this this hadith was what was made for them a, a, a key justification for them to, you know, then take a break in that time. That is right, okay? Um, but... They didn't stick to it religiously. It's important that we don't make this so formal. Now, obviously today, if you if you ever as a pack, if you've ever been in a pack mosque, right, or like a Brillo mosque, or even the Abandi mosque or whatever, then you know that you have that uh, dua written on the wall. And even though it's a whole madness, 20 raka'ah, after every four, everybody has a breather and everybody feels the breather, even though it's a breather with dhikr that's to be said and it's only like 10 seconds or 15 seconds. But that's 15 seconds more than what you get after every two because you've hardly gone to Islam. It's a madness, right? So obviously that's, you know, a problem. But 
in any case, I hope that that makes sense what I what what, what I'm what I'm saying. Right. Anyway, um, Sheikh says that if we were to um, now take this eighty uh, twenty and go with the twenty, as the author is saying, twenty units, even though Sheikh has, has so far only mentioned the hadith of the Prophet of praying eleven. So the hadith in Bukhari mentions very clearly, Aisha said that this is what he used to do, this is what he used to uh, uh, pray, which was four units, then four units, and then three of witta, right? Uh, so, but if we were to go for 20, and we're going to discuss this now, and then add to that, then what should be prayed, al-adna al-kamal, we had a big discussion about witta and about this phrase, you know, what's the like ideal kind of thing to pray? Then that's three raka'ah for Salatul Witr. That would make the, 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 the Tarawih prayer in total 23 units with the Witr prayer. Um, and this is what we should do in Ramadan. And the evidence for this is something which is, is a narration narrated by Abu Bakr Abdul Aziz, one of the Salaf, in a book known as Ash-Shafi, Ash-Shafi, okay, uh, on the authority of Abdullah ibn Abbas, radiallahu anhumah, that the Prophet used to, in the month of Ramadan, pray 20 units. Okay? That he used to pray 20 units of Taraweeh, of Qiyamul Layl. And then add the three witr, of course, that we expect from the Prophet so that would make 23. This is one of the hadith that a number of people rely upon when they try to, when they try to argue that this is not some action of Umar, but this is a sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ himself, and that it's a sunnah to pray 20 raka'ah, and there's an ijma' upon it, etc., etc. Where's the issue? The issue is that this hadith is uh, weak, and it's weak by pretty much the majority of scholars, frankly. And what is actually authentically narrated is the opposite to this. It is the hadith that we just mentioned, which the Prophet ﷺ did not increase upon 11 raka'ah. Now, this is a statement of Aisha, which we know is not necessarily, um, not, 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 not accurate, but it's what she observed. And that was the vast majority of the time, the night prayer, for, for, you know, obviously. And she's basically saying that the standard uh, act of the Prophet ﷺ was 11 raka'ah, and, and that was in Ramadan as well. So that's far more authentic. The, the narration which is weak is narrated by Ibn Abi, uh, I said it's narrated in a Shafi, but far more authentic books are the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shayba. And it is narrated in the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shayba, Ibn Abi Shayba volume 2, hadith number, or Athar number 394. And um, as I said, a number of the scholars considered the hadith to be uh, weak. Okay, and, number, and I also consider it to be that as well. And I don't think that we have anything authentic from the Prophet uh, focusing on 20. Is that a problem? No, we're going to come to that in uh, in a second. Um, so Sheikh Uthamin said, this is a clear text and we can't be any messing around with a clear text. All right then, um, he says, some people will say that it is narrated that Umar radiallahu an, he, he commanded Ubay ibn Ka'ab in what I was telling you last week to lead the people in 23 units. So this is another narration that's being referred referred to, okay? And Sheikh Uthameen says this authentic this narration is also not authentic. Now, for those folks that want to really take this kind of uh, to a next level, then Sheikh Al Albani, he alayhi rahmatullah, he's very he has a very famous little uh, book in which he basically went through the night prayer and all of the or, or, or tarawih 
and he went through it with a lot of detail yani uh, 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 going through every single possible narration that you can imagine that covers the narrations of the number of the units of tarawih and of course that got translated into english which is what uh, made the kind of the wars between the factions so vicious um and but it is interesting for those people who are who can ignore all the bakwas and just focus on the hadith skills and there are so many narrations to study uh, from umar and the prophet sallallahu on numbers and you will indeed find that the vast majority of those that mention 20 units are actually weak not that that changes much right because the ummah has accepted 20 units being an acceptable number to pray as i mentioned last week and will confirm this week however to say that this is authentically what umar commanded or even worse which is that this is a sunnah of the prophet there's just not enough evidence to suggest that okay and plenty of evidence to the contrary that's not to say every hadith is all weak there are some that are not so weak and that's not to say that there's no there's only uh, uh that all of the hadith on 8 and 11 are the most authentic that's not true as well so there's a lot of uh, discussions in the books of hadith about this and and it's uh um and it's fitting that the the difference of opinion on the authenticity of the hadith also fits with the difference of opinion and the relaxed nature of the fuqaha when it comes to um when it comes to giving their ruling in their in their madhahib with respect to what is the sunnah or what's allowed for a person to pray can a person pray 10 can a person pray 36 whatever and that flexibility comes through which is the correct position the hadith indicated the variations between them as well as the uh, interpretation and history of it as well when you're asking about the book of uh sheikh albani i i can't remember actually i can't remember what it's called in arabic and i can't even remember the english but i'm pretty positive it's very i mean i haven't read it in 20 years that's the last time i picked it up and i think that that 20 years i think that was the english one the arabic one i read before then so they've been out for ages right I can't remember what it's called. I, I would just be guessing. Someone just Google it. I'm sure that it will come up. It could be. I, I can't even remember where Sheikh Al Bani wrote the book on on, on Salatul Qiyam or Qiyamul Layl or was it on Taraweeh specifically, right? But it was a significant, yani hadith uh, study. So you know, it's probably one of his one of his rasail. Okay, with that is saying it's called the night prayer in Ramadan. So that 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 fits with what I remember. It's not the Prophet's prayer described. That's that's his general prayer uh, job on the prayer. Uh, someone will find the link. Right, anyway. Um, so, Sheikh Uthameen says that it's not actually authentic that Umar uh, commanded him to do 23. Actually, there's another narration which is narrated from Yazid ibn Ruman, alayhi rahmatullah, from the Tabi'een. He said that, كَانَ النَّاسِ يُصَلُّونَ فِي أَحْدِ عُمَرَ فِي رَمَضَانِ ثَلَاثًا وَإِشْرِينَ رَكَعَةً Okay, um, and and he he uh, this uh, Yazid ibn Ruman who is the the one who's narrating this hadith he said that uh, Omar um, at his time the people used to uh, uh, read twenty three units uh, for Ramadan in his era in his time that's the actual statement. Not that there is a hadith in which Umar said, I command you to pray 23. So, instead, what we have is this narration, okay, 
It's narrated by Imam Malik in the Muatta in the Book of Prayer, Hadith number 303. And Sheikh Uthameen, in his opinion, he says that what's established is that uh, Yazid ibn Ruman, as a Tabi'i, did not uh, uh, meet Umar radiallahu an. Therefore, that means that there's an inqita'a in the chain. There's a break in the chain, so there is no continuity, and so this is a form of weak narration. So this is the first thing. This narration is not very authentic to say that in the time of Umar radiallahu and they used to pray 23 rak'ah. That's not so authentic. Then Shaykh Uthamin says, point two, even if this was authentic, this does not mean, this does not mean that Umar radiallahu an saw it and accepted it and agreed upon it and, and authorized it. It doesn't establish that. It doesn't establish that. Okay, um, and I think that's uh, uh, you know a point. However, I think this is a moot point. I think there is enough evidence to suggest that at his time, or certainly afterwards, there were people that were praying twenty. Um, maybe not Yani under his authority, and I don't feel that the evidence is that think that 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 suggests that Omar legislated twenty. I don't think that the argument's there for that from a hadith point of view. And so I actually believe that that came later, but I have absolutely no problem with it, okay? Because there's so many other narrations that the companions used to pray 20 raka'ah and more than that and less than that. And it's so clear to me what the actual sunnah is. It's so clear to me that the real point is to maximize the length of the night in prayer. It's not about yani, a specific unit number. Whether you pray 20 or 10 or whatever, the focus has got to be praying as long as you can possibly uh, pray. Um, Sheikh Uthameen says, by the way, uh, narrated by Imam Malik, okay, far more authentically, is that Umar radiallahu an commanded Tamim Ad-Dari and Ubay ibn Ka'ab to pray with the people 11 units in prayer. So that's eight and then three witter. And uh, the uh, reference for that is the hadith before that, or, uh, in the Muatta of Mamalik, hadith number 302 in the chapter, in the book of the prayer chapter, that which is connected to the standing of, uh, the standing in the Ramadan, standing in prayer during Ramadan. That's the subsection, right? In the book of prayer. 302. So the, the, the weaker one was 303. The more authentic one indicates that actually it was 11. Now for me, as I said, I'm okay with the strength of some of these hadith and I believe that there are some authentic ones that would indicate 20 as a number and more than that as well. Um, anyway, Sheikh Uthameen is really wanting to yani, knuckle down on this point and he says that uh, the message of Allah did not increase upon 11 raka'ah and how can we then think that Umar radiallahu anyani would increase upon it? Again, this is a statement which uh, Sheikh Uthameen is going to not contradict himself a bit later, but he is speaking in a general kind of way because we know that he did actually pray over 11 raka'ah because of the hadith of, of uh, Abdullah ibn Abbas. But I think what, the, what uh, Sheikh Uthameen is trying to say is that we cannot apportion more than eight, uh, 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 we cannot apportion more than 10 raka'ah for the Taraweeh part. Even when we go for 13, his argument will be that it's uh, 10 was the uh, uh, Taraweeh and then 
3 was the witr and if we go for 11 then whether you say 8 was tarawih or 10 was tarawih then you're going to make the witr either 3 or 1 so it's a bit semantic this whole argument becomes when it comes to the numbers and that's why honestly honestly as students of knowledge you should not be focused on the numbers when it comes to tarawih and just get that off the discussion table when it comes to the people it's about improving the quality of their prayer the better the prayer and the easier the prayer so the better the prayer for those that can handle it we want to elongate it and if we want to change the numbers to help them achieve that then great and for the uh, and the other consideration is to make it easy especially if you've got a public masjid then there's lots of people who are elderly and so on and so forth then we want to be able to increase the number of units because standing in for a long time as i said last week is something which is um uh, uh you know it's difficult anyway ibn al-qayyim uh Uthameen quotes ibn al-qayyim that uh, anytime the prophet ﷺ would pray the basic principle is that the witr is one raka'ah okay um and that all of the units that come before it are to be considered as part of the night prayer not yani uh, uh, uh the witr prayer so what do i mean by that that if the prophet ﷺ was to pray a night prayer and then pray uh seven raka'ah or five raka'ah witr unless he does not do any taslims all of that is a witr but if he does taslims even if the Prophet ﷺ was indicating like you know he might have prayed like eight raka'ah like I'm just talking outside of Ramadan eight raka'ah tahajjud and then he prays five raka'ah or eight raka'ah seven raka'ah of witr but there's no taslim and it just goes up down up down up down okay then that's a witr prayer it's all one odd prayer but what if he then does two taslim, taslim after every two raka'ah and so it's like six and then one so, 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 so Ibn al-Qayyim said that in his position actually that six is part of Qiyamul Layl the witr that is to be considered is only one so again it's a semantic thing right whether you're including it as part of the Qiyamul Layl or not etc but with the witr prayer there should be as we said before three units should be in our, our mind that we should keep separate from the body of the Qiyamul Layl itself okay anyway um, and then we, and Sheikh Uthameen says listen I'm not going to make a big thing of this because it has been authentically narrated from Abdullah ibn Abbas that the Prophet ﷺ prayed 13 raka'ah prayed 13 raka'ah narrated by Imam al-Bukhari hadith number 1138 and that was the, the thing that we wanted to uh, 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 get to so Sheikh Uthameen concludes and says that therefore the sunnah is to stick to 11 okay 4 and 4 and 3 witr okay um, uh, and if a person uh, prays yani, uh, a bit more than that that's fine he goes that this is the sunnah but if a person prays 23 uh, or he prays more then we're not going to criticize him we're not going to uh, 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 you know say anything uh, but if we have control of a masjid and we cannot upset people then we should try to get the sunnah established but if they are really yani, sticking to their insistence yani, for 23 because of their madhab or whatever blah 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 then we're not going to fight we've got to use wisdom we're not going to step back as well he makes a big point that you know hey don't become so liberal where you just say ah no problem at all we should always hope that we can bring people closer back to the sunnah and educate them about its benefits etc etc but if it's proving difficult then we will step back he also says that when you're making deals and is this now a couple of pages which i'm going to go over which is just talking about the politics He's saying if we're making deals with masajid and the trustees and the, the, the whatever, then let's not do things silly, which is to say that in the um, 
the uh, the the last uh, that will differ in the twenty and the eight between the beginning of the month of Ramadan. So we'll only do less in the beginning part, and we'll do more units in the back part. And Sheikh Uthamin says there's no difference between the beginning and the end or the middle or whatever when it comes to the units. What gets what what the difference is between the beginning and the end of Ramadan is the length of time that you pray. And again, this is emphasizing my point. The last 10 nights of Ramadan are nights which are revived, يعني, meaning that they are more brought to life. It's now like it's not a night anymore, it's like a day. And that's why you stay awake the majority of it or all of it. And obviously, if you're, if, you're, if you're staying awake now for the majority of the night, you're going to have to fill it up with something. And so that would have been then adding units is what people are doing. But the sunnah is not to actually add units, it's to make the existing ones longer. And that's what the Prophet ﷺ would do. And that's what Shaykh Uthameen is encouraging. Now, we're going to come back to this a little bit later, um, at the end of this particular chapter, in the issue of a ta'aqib. So again, the matter is flexible. If a person does it yani, informally at the end of Ramadan because you know he had to leave, the one imam left and they're, they're gathering together to pray later on and there's going to be another prayer with more units, then that's okay. But to say that it's sunnah to pray with more units in the back end of Ramadan, that's incorrect. No, we say what sunnah is to spend more night, more of the night in dua, in istighfar, in tawbah, in recitation, in uh, 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 praying a longer tarawih prayer. So that's something which is uh, uh, important. Uh, Sheikh then carries on saying, you know, um, uh, uh, we do want to be able to make sure our presence is felt when we're giving da'wah to people. But we also need to be aware that if the masjid themselves request 23 because they want it to be easy upon the people, then Sheikh says that the imam is called the imam because he's the representative of the people that he's been given wilaya over or authority over. And he's responsible for these people. And he makes a really nice point. He says that subhanAllah, the Prophet ﷺ criticized a person, Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu, for uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, making the prayer too long, so you you got to be aware of the needs of the people, and so if the people uh, uh, need more breaks and more units, then so be it. Okay. Then he makes another point. He goes, but that can't be an excuse for the people to increase the number, and then. Uh, so there's a couple of things he's warning against. The first is any kind of ignorance and stupidity, which is coming through extremism, i.e., that you. Um, definitely can't pray less than 20 and uh, so that's their mistake of course these people should just chill out and where did you get that idea the whole prayer is a sunnah anyway and where did you get the idea that it's got to be 20 it's not even the sunnah anyway but it's because it's a night prayer will allow it so their extremism then the extremism of the eight the eight uh, folks who believe that it's not yeah, any possible to pray above eight who I'm not going to lie they irritate me more than the other side okay and they're the people who for example will go to a masjid and I've spoken so much about this so many times, I don't want to bore anyone by repeating this point. So I'm just going to summarize it and that's it. These are the people who are the most dumbest on the planet, which is that they go to a mosque that's praying 20 and they walk out after 8, thinking that they are praying the sunnah, thinking that they are following the sunnah. They all get up and the half the masjid empties and uh, something about 10 people who believe it. And the other 300 that walk out are those who are using the 10 as an excuse. Yeah, they're obviously you know, a bunch of lazy buggers basically. And, uh, they're like, oh man, you know what? They're going out, so we'll try to make this a religious thing, right? So there's people moving out after uh, 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 eight, right? 
that's a disaster. And I just want you to, sh I want to prove to you that these are people who are not people of Allah or people of sincerity or people of ikhlas because I see those same people when the masjid was then convinced to now change it to eight, they walk out after four. That's facts. That's facts, by the way. Okay? So, as the youth, as the, as the, as the, say, the kids, them be facts. Yeah? Okay. Anyway, so, um, I just want you to know that this is a mistaken idea. We mentioned the hadith that the Prophet Sallallahu the reason it's a disaster, Maryam, is because it's not the sunnah to specify a specific number of units. The sunnah is to follow the imam. And also the Prophet ﷺ said that the imam has been placed to be followed. And also the Prophet ﷺ said that whoever spends the night in prayer with the imam stands with the imam until the imam leaves, then the night will be written for that person in prayer. If you are walking off leaving the imam there, you're failing in not following the imam, you're failing in making a false, yani, uh, 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 claim that you can only pray eight and you shouldn't be praying anymore and you're also not getting the reward of the prayer of the night because you're leaving the imam there you are the one who's leaving not following the imam who's leaving by the way I want you to know that you know back one day when I used to uh, be in Medina I used to study in the masjid and in the masjid um, with some of the PhD students there um, this was in the 90s and there was a big fitna at that time because there was a movement of some of these young kind of like, you know, uh, kind of hot, you know, hot shots. At that time, you know, we're following the sunnah, nobody else is. And they were saying that we will leave after eight rakah. Not only is it the, the sunnah, but we're not contradicting your point either, which is the, the imam leaving. Because in this masjid, the, 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 the 20 units in Masjid Nabawi, is split between the first Imam who recites eight and then the second Imam who recites 12. Um, so the Imam is leaving. So because the Imam is leaving, we're leaving because the Hadith says, يعني, ينصرف, يعني, until the Imam uh, 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 leaves after eight, uh, sorry, until the Imam leaves, you gotta stay with him. So the Imam is leaving, so I'm leaving. That's a madness, يعني, okay, of course. That's not the intention of the Prophet ﷺ, that the prayer is divided by one particular person. It's the imamah, right? It's the actual uh, uh, prayer being led. As, as uh, Amin al-Rashid said, this is just basically a loophole and it's a very weak one and it really exposes uh, you at that time. And I remember those people who used to get slapped down big time yani, by the scholars as well. Anyway, I want you to know therefore that um, if you understand that the night prayer, the Qiyam, the Ramadan prayer is a two unit prayer of as many units that you can pray and that the matter is flexible. Even if the Sunnah is eight, you should be praying whatever the message is praying. Now, Sheikh Bithameen brings a point. Uh, now, this is something, like I said, I've spoken about this so much, right? Um, yeah, uh, Sharifa is talking about that. Well, you've seen that, uh, 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 that famous meme where eight raka'ah this way, 20 raka'ah this way and the parking thing that you've said and whatever, whatnot. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy, frankly. Um, uh, this is a nonsense. Now, don't make, don't also misunderstand me if I'm saying every single person is a sinner if they walk out of the masjid. No, I'm saying if you can't pray, you don't even need to be there in the first place. It's a sunnah prayer, right? No problem. And if you, by the way, are busy or something comes up and you need to leave, leave after two, leave after four. There's no problem. Leave after 16. Leave whenever you want. It's a sunnah prayer. It's not even obligatory, bro. And you know my position. I think people should be praying at home anyway. But anyway, 
But anyway, what I will not allow, which what the scholars also will not allow, and they're very clear about this, is the people who, who believe that we should leave, should leave religiously after eight in a 20-unit masjid, as if that's the sunnah. This is nonsense. It is a nonsense. This is about as big a bid'ah, far bigger a bid'ah, in my opinion, than even following the opinion that 20 should be prayed. Right? The sunnah is always the jama'ah. The sunnah is always to follow the imam. When the imam is a Hanafi and he's not raising your hands, yani what? People don't go to the masjid to pray behind him because he's not praying according to your understanding of the sunnah? Are you stupid or what? You pray behind the guy, don't you? Right? You pray behind the guy who's a shafi'i and he's doing witr, he's doing a qunut, yani in fajr prayer, for example. You just don't lift your hands. That's it. So the idea that this mosque is praying 20 and I'm going to leave, it's just so lame. Anyway, Sheikh Uthameen makes a point Okay, um, uh, uh, Sharifa, that's the general practice in the Muslim world. Outside of the Gulf countries, in the Muslim world, like Pakistan's and Egypt's and, uh, well, Egypt, maybe, but certainly Malaysia, Indonesia, whatever, whatnot, they're going to be praying 20 all the time. 20 is the practice of the Muslims. And there's no problem with that. Where is the problem? Now, this is not too far away from you, Sharifa. The Indonesians are, are very well known for this, as the Pax is when the 20 units turns into some yani, complete madness. Da, 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 da. And that, of course, is haram. Okay? That is completely haram because you are ruining the prayer, not allowing them to uh, establish the sunnah. You're not allowing them... Forget about not allowing the people behind you to establish the sunnah. You're actually not allowing them to fulfill even the obligations. And that's something which is haram. And you don't require any kind of aqal or you don't need me to explain this. You know, the, you've seen the videos of Ferrari Imam and Ferrari Tarawiyah and Speed Imam. And you've seen the Turkish examples, Indonesian examples and all that kind of madness. Okay. Um, so it's very interesting, right? Because obviously Sharif is in Malaysia and Muslim uh, country experience, 100%. I've never even heard of a masjid that does eight or always 20. And then look at the Western example. And especially in the American countries, Okay, like Canada and the US, right? In the UK, it's nowhere near that level. But the majority of them, they don't follow strict madhab approaches, right? Let alone the Hanafis don't have anywhere near the, the kind of influence that they have in South Africa, Australia, in the UK, Europe. The US and thingy is far more mixed, far more cosmopolitan, far more blah de blah. And so, yeah, it's exactly what Mesa says. You're only going to see massages that pray eight. Who ever heard of a mosque that prays 20? And the truth is, is that in the UK, it's certainly more mosques are moving to eight. And that was not just a, a reflection of the changing nature that I've always said for the last 10 years, which is why I don't take madhabs yani, as serious as people do. And I think we should not be connected to them so yani, emotionally and that we should be yani, flexible and allow people to, you know, grow up without their non kind of affiliation to madhabs. And that's the future anyway. And Internet has changed that forever. And madhabs, yani, I can't... Yani, uh, uh, deal with the people's uh, needs and requests um, uh, as, uh, uh, as what we may think. It's a romantic belief which is not in line with the reality. And so therefore, you see more mosques obviously increasing to eight. And you will also see, you will also see that um, the kind of um, approach that creates a problem with this kind of disappeared because of the summer problem. So over the last five, eight, nine years, um, uh, with the summer nights being as long as they have been in the West, collectively Ramadan being there, all right, then you're seeing that the people realize that they need to get home quicker. 
and therefore they were more more um, uh, what's the word they were more uh, amenable to the idea that we pray shorter and they were shortening the prayer both in length and in units so not just in terms of reducing the amount of uh, units but also reducing the time and so over the last 10 years you have seen the development of the Salat uh, of Taraweeh with only one ayah being recited in each rakah and in the Emirates, what's uh, uh, Dubai uh, last few years? What's been the normative experience of the masjid? The normative eight rakah. Yes. And how much units? Uh, how many uh, ayat prayed in each? Uh, uh, Not very long. Yeah, quarter page. Quarter page. That's since been the normative. Is that since two thousand and three or in the last? To be honest with you, since I've been here, like yeah. Although there is a, there's some mess. Yeah, and they would be, uh, you know, more select and more. Yeah, very. Yeah, not the norm. And uh, uh, what Amir Al-Bir is 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 mentioning here about uh, Dubai uh, uh, and Middle East, actually Qatar, Gulf countries, uh, whatever, of being, you know, quarter page for each rakaah and eight rakaahs. All things done in like, you know, half hour, whatever. It's all done, as as Hajar is saying as well. I think what's really interesting to remember is that that has been a approach which has not been because of the summer uh, coming around in Ramadan. That's not been the reason. And the reason for that is because the Middle Eastern countries, in fact, most Muslim countries are equatorial countries. They are countries in which the day and night is actually quite stable. Not even if they're not equatorial, meaning that their calendar is, is not varied. Unlike us in UK, Northern Europe, Canada, in which through the same part of the year, through the one year, you've got eight hours difference between Maghrib and, and uh, Maghrib and Maghrib. Four o'clock uh, in the afternoon or three, th- uh, three whatever, 30 up there in uh, Manchester, and then a half nine, 10 o'clock in the summertime. Whereas, what's the variation in Maghrib? Well, you've got one hour and a half. Uh, tops throughout the whole year. Yeah, one hour and a half, two hours max. Yeah, and when you have that little bit of variation, the latest, 7.15 p.m. Yeah. And earliest? Quarter to, six, quarter to six. And so when you got that kind of stability, which is pretty much the case of all the Muslim world, you did not see the night, therefore, length yani, uh, being changed too much. And so therefore, the people have become used to their system. And so therefore, when you see the Emirati approach, that's been their general kind of lackadaisical, kind of laid back, take it easy approach. That's where the problem occurs. So you've got these two extremes in the kind of the Muslim kind of countries, uh, the more kind of longer established like Pak and Indonesia and whatever. They are absolutely rigidly got to be one just every day. One sipara and it's got to be read. Yeah, and it's super speed got to be done in about 45 minutes an hour. 20 units is an absolute must. Then you get the other extreme when you come to the Gulf region, Saudi, this, that, whatever, which is that we're going to recite, Yani, it's all about the beauty and it really is beautiful and the mosque is so beautiful and everything is all kind of, you know, party attitude and everybody come and they just, you know, really only come pray for half an hour and then the rest of the night people just sit around and chilling and whatever, whatnot. So I, I think it's important that what Sheikh Uthameen is, the, the, is warning against is taken seriously that the middle path is meant to be uh, kept we don't go to extreme on any of the numbers neither on the lengths and again he makes another very interesting point he goes that if we have these taraweeh kind of ferrari kind of things happening and you're part of it yeah 
should you leave the prayer? And the answer is absolutely yes, you must leave the prayer. Sheikh Uthameen says that you must leave the prayer because not only you not be given an opportunity to fulfill the sunnah, acts of the prayer, which is an obligation for the imam, actually you're not even allowed to do the obligations. And these are young, fit people who are unable to straighten their back in ruku' or in between the ruku' or in uh, sajda or, or anything like that. What about those who are elderly? They're just in a constant state of motion, right? Which is completely unacceptable. Tumatnina is a rukan in the prayer, that, that ability to relax and to be uh, calm and, and so on. And for that reason, Sheikh Uthameen says is that that's what's happening to you, you've got to leave the prayer. And he goes, the evidence for that is that uh, uh, the Prophet ﷺ allowed the man who's a companion, we don't know his name, who was being led by Mu'adh to leave the prayer because he, he left the prayer, right? And that was a fard prayer. And he left it because uh, Mu'adh was like absolutely killing it. And obviously the Prophet ﷺ became very angry at him and said to him, you know, are you really trialing the people? And what was he trialing them in? It's not like he was destroying their prayer. He was actually increasing their prayer, making it better. So Shaykh Uthameen says, if the Prophet ﷺ allowed this guy to come out of the prayer because it was being made better, what do you think he would have done to a person who came out of the prayer because he was unable to pray? Like, yani, unable to make ruku, unable to make sujood. So of course, this guy's been bad. Ola, this is, has a much greater priority to rule against. So he goes, we've got to be yani, in this uh, uh, middle kind of position where we are... Uh, not going to extreme on the 8 or the 20, but we are calling the people to 8 and not allowing them to stick to 20. What they do here is you kind of know before you go to the prayer how long it's going to be. You know already. So if you go to a masjid that prays long, yeah. you already know. Yes. So they, the ones who want to pray longer, yes. they go with that masjid. So what would you say the percentages is of the of the masjid that are praying like a proper prayer? Like, a, I mean, a longer prayer? In yeah, Ramadan. Like? Ten percent and question: Do those ten percent are they seen by the authorities as against the authorities? No, no, no. no. This is very much with the no, authorities. They, they, they go and the people, you know, those masajid. There's a lot of people in, you know, the, 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 that particular jamaat. They actually push for it. Right. Like but, but but they will push for it. But what I'm saying is that is the perception amongst authorities that these are the like extremists or these are the people no. who are going to be careful against no. because in Egypt it is like that. Really? And they've closed those mosques down. That's something which has so been happening. Masjid in Sharjah, Masjid Nur, known for, well, right now because of COVID, they didn't have the long prayer. Right. Known for uh, before uh, two years ago in Ramadan for Qiyam uh, al to be two hours long. Right. With the blessings of X, Y, and Z, yeah, and whatever, yeah. yeah. And you know what? It's like it's like packed, packed. Yeah. Mm. And Bukhater also, the famous party. Yeah. His message is packed and long. Yeah. So that's good. I mean, it's good to see that there are still some mosques yeah, hanging around. And but by the way, I also want to uh, throw in that in the West, um, like in the UK, whatever, whatnot. My myself, uh, I will say that I have been. Uh, flexible on this issue I, I, I believe that re reciting a juz a day, a night is, a, is not a requirement is a sunnah in of itself and that was based upon the fact that the Prophet ﷺ would make muraja'ah of the Quran in 
the whole Quran in Ramadan. Now, that's not a direct evidence. That's just yani, supplementary evidence. But it's a good way of being able to hear the Quran for the people who are not hearing it. So I, I, I like that. However, I myself for the last five, seven years have been allowing my masjid and those that yani, have asked me to only read half a juzah. To, to, to allow people to be able to get home and get some sleep because obviously Fajr kicking in very quickly and the night is very, very short. But now is the time to start um, uh, reaping the, the, re the rewards, uh, to put it in a, in a way. Now the nights have become much longer. The nights have become much, much longer. I mean, we just finished Ramadan. You could see physically in the West just how different it felt to the ones that we've been kind of used to. Next year, we start in April. We start in April for crying out loud. I mean, we're not a million miles away from the hour change thing. So we'll have back, you know, and with, before you know, it will be back in the winter. What we cannot allow to happen is what's happening right now. A natural phenomenon come and ruin the Sunnah of the Muslims. So I'm seeing already this year when we were meant to increase, and I really push for the increase that people are still sticking to the uh, 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 half just for example and they were getting home early and they're still sticking to half just that's unacceptable bro let's now I gave you the permission to be able to recite yani, a quarter of a just half a just for the last four or five years now the night is a lot longer now that you you know you're, you're, you're getting more sleep and everything get back to the uh, whole just again and but people become soft and people become uh, complacent and that's exactly what's happening in COVID People got so soft and complacent not going to the masajid because they were closed or they were dangerous. People have become so soft and complacent. I've just come back from Egypt, right? And in Egypt, um, uh, there's still... Uh, people are coming back, but not so much. But what was so interesting to me was the gaps, okay? Even in the place of the gap, even where the, the, the masjids that were uh, got, got rid of the con concept of gaps, people are staying away from each other, Right? This is a place that is not not even practicing social distancing. So what are you doing? And I think it's going to take a long time for people to start getting over these things, which are because, bro, nobody likes to be. Well, I mean, you know, uh, 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 people think actually they don't like to be feet to feet and close or shoulder to shoulder with their people, but that's actually the spirit of the prayer. Now I'm not going to lie that if people are burping and stinking and x and y and z and you know or juma'a which is always busy and stressful that the space is very luxurious and you feel relaxed but the juma'a prayer and these congregational prayers are not meant to be about you feeling relaxed and comfortable and lots of space and whatever whatnot it's about yani, getting the job done properly so and, and praying yani, as a as a bunyanu mursus as allah says and uh, tight and solid and, and and so on anyway um Let's, uh, so Sheikh Uthameen says, listen, um, we've got to make sure we balance between all of this and especially in countries which are uh, very used to 20, then we would not be upsetting that, that, that apple cart and we would be continuing with the action of the people. Um, and I think that makes complete sense because ultimately the night prayer is twos. And if we go with 20 or we go with eight or we go with 10, as long as the people are happy, then we're going to go with that. Um, Sheikh, now, now to just finish off the last one or two pages. Sheikh, then actually, we can probably get to the next line that the prayer is prayed in congregation. Sheikh says, um, he says, uh, the author has mentioned, this is on page 56. He says, Ishruna raka'ah, that 20 units. Did the author 
uh, indicate that this taraweeh is anything other than a sunnah? And Sheikh says, yes. He said at the beginning that this is an emphasized action of sunnah. Then the Sheikh says, Sheikh Uthameen says, that is the jama'ah something which the Prophet ﷺ made a, uh, a sunnah or was it actually Umar radiallahu anhu? Umar is the one that yani, established this uh, sunnah. Um, and Sheikh says that there are some people that actually do think that it was Umar that made the sunnah aspect of taraweeh to be done in congregation. And this is because he's the one who gathered the people, etc., etc., etc. And when he went out and he said, and uh, uh, and he saw the people praying with Ubay and uh, Ubay bin Ka'ab as one jama'ah, he said, "Ni'matul bid'ah hadi." Yani, this is a uh, a nice bid'ah. You can you can translate it as, and this would um, uh, uh, now if we were to take this statement literally, then this would indicate that this was not legislated before. Otherwise, why on earth would he say that, right? Why on earth would he call it bid'ah, which is a new thing in a religion, and it's already been uh, there before? So that party who follows the opinion that Umar is the one who established this, their argument is, well, if he said that this is a bid'ah, then clearly he's the one who established it, because if it was done before, then it wouldn't be a bid'ah. And that actually has a, you can, that makes sense, if that was true. If that's true, then that does make uh uh, sense and Sheikh actually mentions another interesting uh, point, um, uh, and he says in the bisunnah, right? And this is wouldn't be a sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu because the reason for the action and the prayer to be done in the way that it is being done now existed at the time of the Prophet sallallahu So Ramadan used to exist, Taraweeh existed. And if the Prophet ﷺ did not do it, then the, 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 we have a, a maxim. If something exists, the possibility of doing something at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, and it is not done by the Prophet ﷺ, it cannot be considered a sunnah. So that's a maxim. So obviously, Ramadan did exist, and the Prophet ﷺ did pray during Ramadan, and he didn't do it in congregation, so therefore this is not a sunnah. Okay, and therefore this is the sunnah of Umar. That's the argument. Okay, now that's the argument. Sheikh Uthameen says, hold on, now let's now stop and look at this argument. The argument itself is weak, because who said that, uh, that Umar was the first person to make the congregation? Actually, it was the Prophet Sallallahu Have people forgotten that in Bukhari, as we covered last week, the Prophet ﷺ was the one who prayed this prayer in congregation. The hadith that I mentioned when he came out on the first night, then he came out on the second night, and he came out on the third night, and he prayed that prayer in congregation. The people yani, were waiting and he did it with them. It's only on the fourth night when he came out and said that, so when he didn't come out, and then afterwards he said to them that, you know, don't think that I forgot. I didn't do this intentionally because I didn't want it to become obligatory upon you. So the Prophet ﷺ did pray in congregation and, and has established that it is prayed in congregation. So this idea that Umar radiallahu an is the one who established the sunnah of the congregation for taraweeh prayer is incorrect. Actually, the Prophet the Prophet is the one who did it. Now, there's another very interesting point that should be made. He said that inni khashitu alaykum, that I feared that it would become obligatory upon you. So that was the reason that he gave that he stopped praying the night prayer in congregation. Now that's fascinating because if that's the reason, that's their illa. If 
the fear is that it becomes obligatory upon you is the reason he didn't pray it in congregation every night then guess what it is a sunnah to pray in congregation you know why because he وسلم, passed away and if he passes away then there's now no longer a fear that it can be made obligatory because he's passed away if he's been if he's passed away he can't make it obligatory allah cannot make it obligatory now because allah revealed the religion to the prophet and so with him passing away the illa has also been removed and as Sheikh Uthameen says, So, so basically Sheikh Uthameen is saying that once the illa has gone, that, the, the, that there's now no fear that it can become obligatory. And by the way, there is absolutely no fear of, of anybody thinking that the Taraweeh is obligatory. Look at the practice of the people. So, um, the congregation for it, I mean. So now we can say that it is the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ to pray the taraweeh prayer in congregation. And I think that's a really nice point of a sword that Shaykh Uthameen brings up. Shaykh also then mentions why is it that Abu Bakr and didn't continue this then? If this is, if we are going to agree that the sunnah is that of the Prophet ﷺ, then why did he not continue it? And he said, listen, he was busy, he was fighting wars, dealing with the murtadeen and the people who pray by themselves. Like I was mentioning, you know, little ones and twos here and there. And then when Umar radiallahu and you know, found them like that, then that's obviously when he took over. It was just a continuation of Abu Bakr Ziyani, you know, reality where they were praying by themselves. That's why he gathered them together because he didn't like yani, all of the, 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 the kind of the mess, the, 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 the division. Um, uh, and then Sheikh Uthameen says that, and what about uh, uh, the question, that this is a bid'ah. Does this mean that this act is then therefore a, 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 a bid'ah act? It's a new act. And he goes, how can it be bid'ah when the Prophet ﷺ did it already? So that can't be bid'ah. And number two, how can it be bid'ah if Umar is doing it? And Umar is one of the companions, as I mentioned last week, that the Prophet ﷺ said, Alaykum bi sunnati wa sunnati al rashidin min ba'di. Uh, follow my sunnah and the sunnah of my uh, uh, rightly guided successors after me. So actually following Umar is the sunnah. So it's definitely not when he said Ni'matil bid'ah hadihi, this is a great bid'ah or a nice bid'ah this is. It's clear that Umar, even with this statement being said by him, does not mean bid'ah in a technical sense. That this is somehow as some sects now they would they would introduce new matters into the religion and say bid'ah is allowed because of this statement. That's obviously not right because the act that Umar introduced was already an act that was done by the Prophet so it can't be bid'ah. Number two, he is an act of sunnah in of himself. He is a sunnah. Uh, 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 he's to be followed himself anyway, so that can't be an argument for that either. So obviously that's a very weak argument that people use. Um, to try to kind of uh, uh, think that it's allowed to just innovate into the religion, you know, without any kind of uh, whatever. And actually, uh, to end, what he meant by this is that this is a relative, yani bid'ah. Contextually, it is bid'ah because it used to be done, then it got left left alone, and the time of Abu Bakr Siddiq it became yani you know non-practiced. But then it was revived and because it was revived after such a long time of it not being around, it felt like a new act. 
and that's why he said the statement. This interpretation has been given by scholars, and I think that it's the correct one, even if some people find that it's a little bit kind of, you know, stretching it. It's not actually, it is the correct understanding. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam. I want you to know that, that uh, Sheikh Uthameen mentions a few things. He goes that um, he did a number of things like this, which uh, 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 are new to the rest of the people. And nobody yani, speaks about them establishing bid'ah. Why? When Umar radiallahu anhu, for example, um, uh, 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 insisted that the talaq yani, of three is given the value of three, right? Has to be three. Nobody said this is an evidence now for uh, uh, us to do bid'ah because this was not how the Prophet ﷺ understood it. No, they understood that Umar is a legislator, uh, yani authorized by the Prophet ﷺ. Or for example, the mother of your, ch your child, the slave mother of your child, yani the, the, the uh, uh, Umar radiallahu an. Um, so I want you to, a uh, little bit of context, although I'm getting a bit out of context. Uh, Sheikh Uthameen mentions this on the last part, page 59. Uh, slaves were always bought and sold and it was something which was permissible at the time of the Prophet alright that's obviously something that he tried to get rid of but he didn't completely get rid of it in his lifetime after his lifetime the Prophet Umar he forbade the selling of Umm Walad Umm Walad is the female slave who you have a child with she becomes like a pseudo mother and uh, she becomes a mother but she becomes your, your pseudo wife I say pseudo wife she's a wife but slightly different rights to your normal wife. We'll, cover, we'll come to that in 2050 when we get there. Um, the, uh, this act was different to the act of the Prophet ﷺ. Why didn't these sects say, huh, this is yani, a proof that bid'ah can exist? Of course, they, it, it's not because they recognize that he is a legislator. Okay? It, it, it is a, that he is a legislator. Talaq bid'i fidah is not what is being referred to here. Talaq bid'i is something very different. Talaq bid'i, uh, using that uh, a word of bid'ah, is referring to people who are doing something incorrectly, and that is to make a talaq of a woman who's still in her cycle, versus the, the talaq, which is a Sunni one, which is done in a... So this is uh, uh, not the same point which is being made here, I should mention. Anyway, we're close with that. So we're, uh, we're going to start with وَتُفْعَلُوا fi jama'a. That's when we're going to start on page 59 next week. Um, we've gone over our time. Let's just quickly answer some of these very immediate questions. Uh, Harith, I'm not in Egypt. No, alhamdulillah, I'm in uh, uh, Dubai at the moment. Uh, Maryam, in my local masjid, they have a separate hall for social distancing and a separate hall for those who don't. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't like the idea of... Um, uh, I don't like the idea that it's uh, uh, separate halls. Uh, in my masjid, I told them that the people who want to distance can stand behind and the people who are not distancing, then we stand uh, together. Um, Mesa says, with, so with the change in the length of the night, is it better to stick with eight fast raka'ah then, as the night gets longer, to just lengthen the eight to keep the eight habit? Yes, definitely, that's the sunnah. Or is it better to cut down to four longer raka'ah in the shorter nights, and then move to eight longer raka'ah in the, in the, uh, 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 in the, in the, in the, in the short, it's better to cut down to four longer raka'ah in the shorter nights and then move to eight long raka'ah in the longer nights. And to be honest, I didn't understand the difference between this, these two. Anyway, what I'm saying is that um, the sunnah is eight of the Prophet Okay, that's yani, the action of the Prophet However, all numbers are good. 
all numbers are good. And uh, uh, name here, he's mentioned a, a quoting of Ibn Taymiyyah. It says about the Taraweeh that the Madhab of Ahmed and Shafi'i is 20 raka'ah, Malik is 11 or 13, all of them is good. As we mentioned, yani, this is all something which is all good, all numbers. Again, the focus on numbers is a complete red herring. It should be the length of the night. So in the short nights, you shorten the eight rakah in terms of length. And then in the longer nights, you should increase the length of the eight. You don't need to change the number of eight. And if the people can't handle it and they need more rakah, then you increase the number of rakah. That's basically what you do. All right. Uh, Rivers is saying, uh, can you please explain, Sheikh Wang, when we pray with it in congregation Ramadan and not in other months? That's coming up. That's coming up, uh, Rivers. That's next lesson, actually. What is the reality of Taraweeh, Qiyamul Layl, and Witr in, uh, in congregation? Okay. 25 juz a day. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, um, in the Nigerians, pray 10 raka'ah. That's the hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas. You're saying, I don't know how that developed. Nigerians yani, are following the hadith, don't worry. Fiza is saying in, in Hong Kong here, we switched three Imams after eight, after 12, after 20. Sick. The guy in the middle one's got a sick yani, uh, job there, mashallah. I think, I mean, that's generally all Masajid yani, have at least a, 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 at least two Imams. Uh, here. No, no, no. This is in a 20 unit uh, prayer. So the first oh, guy, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Fasiha says, you said it's not okay to specify a number for this, but earlier you said we should try to keep the number close to what the sunnah is, if we have the authority to implement it. No, I'm not saying it's not okay. I'm telling you very clearly, Fasiha, that the action of the Prophet ﷺ, or his most common and his most authentic is eight raka'ah. It was his sunnah. It was his normal way. Even when we look at the uh, uh, variations of, of narration that talk about 10 and uh, sorry, that mention 11, which is the Hadith Bukhari of Aisha, or the Hadith 13, which is Bukhari ibn Abbas. When you see these, all of these can be explained away by increasing the number of witr, actually. You can say that that one was three waka'ah, and the other one was five, and the other one was one. But in general, you see that the Sunnah of the Prophet is eight. And a, a, a lot of the people of Hadith are upon that opinion, and it's clearly an authentic position. And it's what we have authentic from the Prophet And that's the number we should focus on. However, never is that focus to the level where it becomes the only option. Absolutely not. That in itself would be bid'ah to say it's only eight. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. So many narrations to show that it's less than eight, more than eight, etc, etc, etc. Tayyibah asks, what if you go to a masjid that does 20, but you pray eight? Not because you think it's wrong to do 20, but other reasons, early work, kids, is it better to get at least eight in at the mosque than none at all? No, I do not believe that, that that's allowed because I think this is the bid'ah. Why are you, if you've got work or kids, whatever, focusing only on eight, right? There's a difference between the sunnah of eight being eight in a masjid that prays eight, but in a masjid that's praying 20, why are you deciding arbitrarily, I'm going to walk out after eight? The reason you're doing that is because in your mind, you've got this idea that eight is the sunnah, therefore I should choose eight as that kind of number. No, you should leave after four. You should leave after two. You should leave after 10. You should mix it up. You should on the, num the days that you need to go home and you've got early work and you've got kids, then don't come. Or, or the days you're busy, only do two. But, but you've got to get out of the habit, if a masjid is praying more than 20, and the imams are leading in more than 20, you must come out of the habit of leaving after eight. This is bid'ah. 
this is a real problem really really i hope that it makes sense i know it can be a bit confusing but i hope that it makes sense um uh, sarah uh because of the current situation what i'm going to do is i'm going to check your uh, uh summary and in telegram i will um uh, i will okay it in telegram i'll let you know in telegram in the next one or two hours because i don't want to uh, uh keep alamir waiting uh here uh, what, what is the situation anyway what, what is the yeah everything is okay all right um selma um asks is it better to keep 20 raka'ah with full juz or two juz being recited and whoever needs to leave after eight with half a juz recited can then leave due to work etc again uh, 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 my problem is the subconscious connection to eight even though i am super clear that eight is the sunnah but it's not the sunnah in a masjid which is praying more if the masjid is praying eight that's wonderful you got you're getting best of all the worlds but if a masjid is choosing 20 the sunnah is to pray with the imam if a masjid is praying 36 the sunnah is to pray with the imam and if you are busy then pray what you can but don't have the artificial kind of endpoint in your head as an eight that's where the problem is occurring in the hearts and minds of people don't let the red herrings of half juz 20 juz two juz i want to hear this i want to hear that whatever whatnot hey if it just corresponds with eight raka'ah and you were able to achieve a juz or able to achieve something else or you felt tired after eight and you left no problem but if you're leaving subconsciously because it's eight that's the problem uh, 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 Rashid says is the narration that Ahlul Madina did 36 raka'ah as they wanted to compete in good deeds with the people of Mecca who did tawaf during their four raka'ah breaks that's been narrated from some of the salaf but not yani so authentically so it's a theory but I think is as good a theory as what I was saying to you which is that if you pray longer you need to break it up into more units to make it easier okay Naeem mentions a quote Ibn Hajar mentioned three reasons about why the Prophet ﷺ did not come out on the fourth day to make the congregation of Qiyamul Layl? That it might become obligatory, which of course is the hadith statement himself. That Qiyamul Layl might become fard kifaya, and that Qiyamul Layl in Ramadan only might become fard. That's good. That's a very good. Jazakallah khair. Uh, Ibrahim says, uh, Could you elaborate next week on why you prefer praying Qiyam at home? It won't be next week. I think it will be uh, probably in a couple of weeks because I'm going to talk about that in the issue of ta'qib and so on. Okay? It's definitely not now, but we will um, we will come back to that. Okay, last three questions now. Uh, Fasiha, Sara, uh, Sharifa, and Shamaila is what we'll take right now. And yeah, Sara, I'll get back to it tonight, inshallah, definitely, once I get home. My grandmother is old and does her qiyam standing up and makes ruku and sajda while sitting on a chair as well as she is able to. During Ramadan, someone recommended to her that she pray her qiyamul layl as a witter prayer with seven or nine or eleven raka'ah with one taslim instead, uh, or, or or in units of two instead of in unit instead of in units of two since it will conserve her energy and since witr is a supererogatory prayer, the reward will be the same. If she does this elongated witr prayer, would her reward technically be the same as praying nawafil in units of two? In my opinion, no. In my opinion, she should follow the sunnah instead, which is to keep witr separate to the night prayer and to make the night prayer easier upon herself. So she shouldn't be standing up. Standing up yani, is something for the people who can. And the people who can't, they get the reward of standing up even when they're sitting down. That's hadith of the Prophet The people who have a sunnah in a time where they are in fit, when they are ajiz, 
that's the blessing of Allah that they get the full reward of that act when so a person becomes handicapped or ill or X or Y everything that you do so if you can't fast because of a medical condition but you used to fast every Monday and Thursday you're going to get reward for the fasting if you used to pray sunnah but can't because you're ill like my father is a, is a, is a man who right now he can't even he's so ill at the moment that he doesn't even know that he's praying the fourth prayer I've never seen my father this ill before right my father prays so much sunnah and nafal prayers is insane, right? And he prays uh, 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 so many extra prayers which, you know, we're, we're covering for Qasla. But um, uh, 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 like especially after Maghrib until Isha, he'll be praying for an hour, all right? He is not praying that right now. And you know, you know how it is with the elderly, and especially Pax, you know, they will not listen to you. And so I've been saying to him, Dad, trust me, you are getting the reward every day. Right, and I remember about three days ago he was arguing and angry, and then two days ago he's arguing angry, and the last two days he's been completely accepting of it. Because today I said to him, you know, listen, don't worry. He goes, I, I can't worry because I can't even remember whether I prayed or not. I don't even have the idea whether I even prayed the yani, the obligatory prayer or not. I, I never seen my dad like that, and these hadith are for people like that. These hadith are for people like that, that are very, very much in the habit of something, but then they are stopped. So for your grandmother, I mean to you, uh, for your grandmother, we say to her, sitting down for those units, nice and easy, and keep them as twos, keep them as twos, and then stick to your three rak'ah of witr. That is what she should do. Allah subhanahu wa best. Uh, Sharifa, how would one make people aware of the bid'ah for leaving after eight when it's a common practice? It's very troubling. I've been doing that for the last 20 years. No joy. Okay, no joy. And uh, I, I don't, you know, um, just education. Education that uh, a leaving after eight raka'ah is directly against the hadith of the Prophet where he said that whoever prays with the Imam hatta yansarif, then the night is written for that person in prayer. The Prophet ﷺ never ever told a person to walk out, neither any of the companions, never from a jama'ah. Anyway, it can be going on and on. Shamayla, on the point that you shouldn't always leave after eight if you have work or kids, what if it's just that you leave at the same time every day? Yeah, I mean, like I said, if you've got a real reason that corresponds, then it's fine. If it's based, as you said, based on time rather than eight, but you are inevitably leaving after eight because that is a time that is suited to you because you can't pray 20, that's valid. And I already explained that. Okay, and would it not be better to go pray and some listen? Absolutely. I just don't want people to be leaving after eight intentionally. Eight, yani, uh, yani what we call wifqan lil haqiqa or ittifaqan, yani, by what happens, that's okay. But when you do it qasdan, and we're going to be covering this next week, the difference between qasd and wifaq in actions, then that's unacceptable. Finally, fiza. Uh, oh, that's right, that's right. Next weekend, inshallah, okay, guys, especially the Asian crowd, although that's the only very quiet at the moment. Uh, uh, we're going to be uh, doing the fiqh of death in Pakistan time and Saudi and, and Middle Eastern time. Very, very convenient for you guys, all right? Unlike the ones we've been covering. This is the last time fiqh of death is being taught virtually, by the way. Next two weekends, okay? So not this weekend, the two weekends after. So make sure that you go to almaghrib.org slash of death or the last breath actually uh, uh join the telegram group and we'll we'll, 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 we'll post it if someone posts it uh, Fiza, can you post it in telegram and said that i wanted it to be posted also uh, the uh, people were asking me about the umrah uh, details about people who are not in the uk i want to clarify 
uh, Manchester is being added. Okay, Manchester is being added. Um, uh, there have been some, I think maybe 20 seats that have been added, but most of the London seats are, are gone. All right, so if you want to go from London, I think there's about 10 seats left from London. And uh, those who are outside of the UK, um, you've got to go to almaghrib.com slash umrah and try your best to register as soon as you possibly can because I, I don't know how long that's going to wait. It's going to be at the end of October. I was thinking of going again in November. I might not now. <coughs> I might now just actually delay till December. But the end of October 1 in the half term is definitely happening. Finally. And I want to do a proper announcement for this, but we are releasing Quranic uh, art, alternative random to that random to that board. It's going to obviously be a massive launch in October, inshallah. Um, so um, I want to speak more about it, but I, I, to be honest, mood and thing and everything right now is not right. But it's out, okay? It is out. It's going to be really something special. <coughs> And Ghassan, if you put the link up, almaghrib.org slash art, I think it is, it's live. That's all I'm going to say, folks. It's live. That was meant to be the uh, uh, big announcement today. But uh, inshallah, and it's coming to the UK and Europe first, inshallah. Um, so I'll see you guys. There we go. That's it. Guys, barakallahu feekum, jazakumullah khair for support, du'as, and uh, for being here. Sorry for the fractured nature. And jazakallah khair to the Bursam, mashallah, for hooking it up, everybody, and all the rest of the brothers. Wajih, mashallah, as well. Jazakallah khair for everything. Everyone. All right, guys, barakallahu feek. Subhanakallahum wa bihamdika. Shadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfirukallahumma wa atubu ilayk. Wa assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.